Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 156. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. What's up, ladies? It's it's been it feels like it's been forever. that's probably that's probably not true it's just maybe just being sick just plus work man gosh those work hours just catching up has been really fucked up um any any stuff going on i know you were in hollywood yesterday Kristen. what what's up with that west hollywood (laughs) (laughs) uh well i have a friend um he's the younger brother of my best friend and he rode in uh aids life cycle which is a like 535 mile trip from san francisco to los angeles and he fundraised money um to go towards uh uh, AIDS research and um, uh, assistance and so he was scheduled to finish tomorrow or tomorrow yesterday and um, he uh, the, the race ends in West Hollywood and so we and he lives in West Hollywood so uh, a lot of his friends and family were there to celebrate his amazing accomplishment and just hang out for the afternoon and it is prime it was there was so much stuff going on in West Hollywood and lots of um, amazing energy all over the place. But Eddie and I, by like nine thirty, were like, "Um, we're tired. <laughs> Let's go home." <laughs> That's when everyone is just starting to come out. And I was just thinking, there was a time where we could have been there all day, hanging out, drinking, eating. There was a taco guy. It was so much just amazingness that was going on and then be like let's go out after and go to the bars but not anymore those days are over for me (laughs) i have to take a nap uh during the day to prepare to go out now these days well it looked really smashing from where i was standing you were like right (laughs) next to a pool and i'm like take the shot and jump in the pool kristen (laughs) man it looked it looked like a happening party. I was yeah, a it was jealous. a lot of fun. And that's just his Look. his place where he lives, so he has access to that for free, and he didn't even have to pay any extra to reserve the wow. rooftop bar. That see, that's, man, that's that's cool. That's baller right there. That's <laughs> awesome. Wow, man, I miss going to West Hollywood, <laughs> getting blank out drunk. <laughs> One time, actually, in West Hollywood, this is what happened. Okay. <laughs> it was Christmas time, so we were off work for a week for the holidays. And my coworkers and I had planned to go meet in West Hollywood. And we went, we met at 3 p.m. And I was prepared. I, I was like, okay, let's go. We're going to go. We're going to have a fun. We went to, um, what's the big giant margarita place? Um, the, the, like the Cabo place that's also in Can- Santa Monica. Yes, we went to Cabo. Fiesta. We, I think it's in, over there. It's Fiesta. Oh, Fiesta Cantina. Like that? Something like yeah, that. Fiesta yeah, Fiesta Cantina. So, yeah. Anyway, we went. We partied. We had fun. We 
did all the happy hours and by nine o'clock people were throwing up in the gutters you know I was <laughs> oh like, I'm tired I want to go home I was like and this this was like probably close to 10 years ago so I was way younger <laughs> then and I was just there left by myself at nine o'clock and I had already I mean I had prepared for a long night so I was drunk I had to go sit in my car for like two hours before I could go home I was so <laughs> disappointed <laughs> oh no Man. Yeah, Dang, but West that's... Hollywood's always a good time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The last time I was in West Hollywood, my phone, um, I lost my phone. Uh, my uh, friend's jacket was stolen. It's just a good time for all. <laughs> Jeez. Dance, dance with Miss Piggy and Kermit the, Flo- the Frog. It was just nuts. <laughs> nuts, man. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this shit up, dude. It was just like a magical, crazy unicorn night. It was just nuts. <laughs> that's just, that's that's why it was my favorite. Like, oh, my God. Like, I, I have some fun times, fun, hazy memories of West Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hazy memories. That that should be it. Yeah. All right, guys, now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. And we have some chisme relating to Miss Marvel. Kristen, would you like to start us off? Yes, so it's not really so much chisme, but just the fact that Ms. Marvel dropped last week. Uh, we'll be getting a new episode this next coming week, and people are so uh, into the vibe of this new TV show. Um, it's more uh, all-ages teen-friendly than most any of the other um, Marvel MCU streaming stuff that has been released, and I think it really is just something that are taking people who have never read the comic by surprise because I think that if you've read the comic you you know the vibe of that uh, character and of that story and everything and um, I watched it last week and I really enjoyed it a lot. I am still super salty about the fact that they've changed her origin um, from being an inhuman to getting basically her powers in a different way which I won't spoil for any of you who haven't watched it yet but uh, we knew that we knew that going in and I I didn't like it then and I still don't like it now after um, seeing it but overall I really enjoyed it a lot and it really really warmed my heart to see all of those pictures of the actress I don't remember her name Imani something or other um, mm-hmm. dressed up as a little kid as Ms. Marvel like she is a fangirl she's been a fan of this character for a lot of her young life and I also was like man she's too young to be Ms. Marvel and obviously she's playing a she's playing a teenager she's playing 16 I'm like she looks too young and I looked up her age she's actually 19 so she just is a young looking uh young woman but uh I really enjoyed it a lot and uh I'm really looking forward to hopefully fingers crossed the, the success of this TV show and of her character leading into uh, other young teen character uh, streaming properties because those were all books that came out when I was just getting into reading. Uh, 2015, 2016, all those. And I would love to see a Champions show. That sounds amazing. I totally watched the, the episode and was like actually moved to tears i know i'm the crier oh, yes. I'm i read the one that cries i read on time, facebook but... how you cried 
I'm oh like, my god yeah I like just... tracks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like the family dynamic i really really loved it um so much so that like including like a moment where you know you're a teen and obviously at some point your parents are gonna embarrass you and so yes. like i really felt that like i was like fuck i didn't see it from their point of view like people mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. adult people and so like it just was really sad for me like fuck like all these things that i saw in there basically like i went on a kind of emotional roller coaster just kind of reliving uh when i lived with my parents and stuff so um it was just it was really moving to me i really loved it i loved uh the whole animation aspect of the shows as well um just the whole thing and um the friendship that she has and how her parents are strict i mean all that shit was amazing i loved the first episode so i just can't wait to continue watching the show and hopefully uh being a terribly amazing success that we can continue seeing these type of characters have their own shows Yes, and Jen, I know you haven't watched it yet, but I'm super uh, interested to hear what you have to say once you do, because I know you're the biggest Ms. Marvel fan that I know. So uh, (laughs) I definitely um, would love to to, uh, hear your take on it. Yeah, no, like when like people ask me, like, who's your favorite like superhero? I usually give them two answers, America Chavez and Kamala Khan, like, Mm -hmm. because they were the ones, they were the reason that I got back into comics, um, uh, way back, I think, was it 2012? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when they, when they came out, uh, and, like, I have, like, oh, God, like, I have the entire run of the first original, like, Kamala Khan run, including all the variant covers that I could get my hands on. Like, I loved miss marvel uh and i still do it has a certain soft spot for me i will admit though that i'm kind of on a marvel burnout like Mm. i like i think it kind of got like i got out a little bit when i saw america chavez in doctor strange 2 um uh, it was a a different take on the character but i once i like once i realized that this was a younger america chavez uh an America Chavez who did not really know how to control her powers, I enjoyed the movie a lot more. And I think I'm going to have to... That's something similar that's being happened in the show because you said they changed her origins, which was like, okay, uh, I understand because Marvel fumbled the bag with the Inhumans uh, (laughs) storyline, like, badly. Uh, So I want to see how they're going to unfuck that up if they can. Um... And I'm probably going to wait until, like, the first full season is out because that's what I've been doing for anything Disney-related. Mostly because I would rather just binge. Uh, And two, I just don't have access to Disney uh, Plus right now. So we're going to be going a different route on how to get those. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Uh, So, yeah. So definitely waiting for the full thing to come out. And... Uh, it's really, really hard to be surprised by Marvel right now. Like, mm. uh, I guess, like, I'm, I'm, I'm loving the fact that people are loving it. Yeah. Uh, I think people should love Kamala Khan because she's great. She's amazing. She's unique for what she is. Uh, at the same time, 
though, it's like I already know the story. So right, yeah. I don't feel super extra motivated to watch it because I'm just like, I'm just going to go back to my comic books and reread those because they were so fucking good. <laughs> so, but I do like, I should, I do think people should watch it. I think it's well-deserved. I think it deserves all the praise uh, and none of the hate because people are dumb. Um, and I think people, if you enjoy the show, read the comic. Oh my God, read the comic. It's so good. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on it. A lot of I've heard a lot of comparisons to um, Scott Pilgrim, uh, and at first I was like, "What are you talking about?" But then I was like, "Oh, I get what you're saying with all the effects and all that kind of stuff." And I think that's what's really resonating with a lot of the younger viewers. Um, it's just a, a lot. That's cool. Of, yeah, it, it's it, the way they did it was really, really cool. And I was actually surprised. I didn't know what to expect um, because exactly what you're saying about America Chavez. I was so, so, so disappointed with that portrayal in Doctor Strange um, because America, America, she was younger. I get it. But America is known for her attitude, for her Latina sassiness, for her taking no bullshit. And I think if that was her, uh, I think we should have seen at least a little bit more of that, of her personality, even though she was younger in that in that movie. And I feel like they took away a lot of that um, for me anyway, personally, knowing America and her and her um her character personality and her personality who she is. yeah who, yeah. yeah so i was super super um i was super disappointed um so and i i wish they would have done a little bit more to kind of um lean into her her ethnicity and her latinidad other than you know just her saying adios uh <laughs> once in the movie mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's all fair criticism uh, of that one. But in, in all interpretations of America Chavez, I will always love her, <laughs> including this one. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like I said, like, when I first watched it, I was just like, this isn't America Chavez. But then I was just like, oh, okay, I can see how, like, baby America Chavez, I can see. But, yeah, I really... I don't. I was hoping for more of that kick-ass, yeah. like take no shit. Uh, the answer to all of my problems is punching it in the face, kind right. of America Chavez. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get there. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, guys. Now it's time for on my radar, and on my radar, this is Sarah. Uh, we got another tip from Gerardo Lopez. This time he has shared with us a new um, show that's going to come out on HBO Max. It's called Gordita Chronicles. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. It follows this family it, and it's actually going to take place in the 80s. Um, the series is going to premiere Thursday, June the 23rd and it it's basically this is what it is. The year is 1985 and Cucu Gordita Castelli has um, has just said goodbye to all her friends and family in Santo Domingo. Uh, she has moved to Miami with her marketing executive father, Victor, uh, bold and vivacious mother, Adela, and uh, status-obsessed older sister, Emma, Emil, Emilia. 
I'm sorry, Emilia. I was going to say Amalia. <laughs> Uh, while living in America is far from what they imagined, the song, uh, the song and uh, America the Beautiful, Kukui says, I think they oversold it. Because um, <laughs> the Castellis are determined to take charge uh, of their stage, uh, Strange New World, the coming of age series about a family, opportunity, love, res- resilience, and bold, boldly defy the status quo in the pursuit of the American dream. So it already looks super funny uh, you could see the trailer it's available to watch um it's actually executive produced by soy saldaña and it and also directed and produced by eva eva langoria so i'm very excited about this show um obviously it's the 80s so everybody's like big hair hairspray bright colored clothing uh where you know having a swatch is like so cool um and the latest kicks and all of that stuff so (laughs) i i had two um but it was a big kind of status thing like you had a swatch you're like oh you're cool um and uh so kukui is tagordita obviously she's a little a little fatty cutie um but immediately like the bullying commences so um but it looks like a lot of fun it seems like it's a lot of laughs and so i can't wait to watch it i'm very excited about this and i'm so glad that gerardo lopez shared this information with us thanks g (laughs) yeah that again is gordita chronicles uh, i'm gonna have to get that sign in that login info from my friend (laughs) (laughs) so i can watch honestly i'm really yeah, I'm really surprised by the amount of like Latino content on HBO Max because they mm-hmm. recently just released Father of the Bride, and I'm I'm gonna watch that one for sure because I've heard a lot of good things and like There's Gloria Estefan is in There's a Latino Father of the Bride. Oh, I know. I had yeah. no idea. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Gloria, Gloria yeah. Stefan, Miami Sound Machine. I loved um, <laughs> that conga song. Oh my God, I used to lo- watch. I used to watch that video on VH1 like all the time. It was so good. I can't wait to watch mm-hmm. it. I forgot that it was coming yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, I had no it's idea. All, it's oh, all right. I think it's already out. Yeah. It is? Oh, so, well, I'm going to watch it after this. <laughs> yeah. It's on um, uh, HBO Max. So, yeah. Definitely. If you have it, watch it. Uh, and like I said, like Los Spookies is on HBO mm-hmm. Max too. And now um, uh, Gordita Chronicles. They have a lot of like when you like go into hbo max they have a latino section yeah they do yeah so they do so hbo max i see you i see you (laughs) yeah i mean that right now they i think on the title page they have vida because obviously that that series already came to its conclusion but you can rewatch it and that was some great content too i never finished it but i really liked it oh no i did i was so sad Oh, I haven't seen it, so don't tell me. (laughs) Uh, Well, for me on my radar is um, the first number one issue of Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor. And um, just like Jen says, if someone asks her who her favorite uh, character is, she'll she'll right away go to Ms. Marvel or... um, America Chavez and for me definitely Jane Foster's Thor was one of the first characters that I really gravitated to and enjoyed reading the ongoing storyline when Jason Aaron was writing it and so I was really looking forward to um, reading 
her back into this storyline and I didn't know what to expect but the um, the storyline basically I read it last week it came out on uh, June 8th and basically we are finding Jane Foster in her apartment as Mjolnir comes crashing through the window, the ceiling, who knows what, and just lands in her apartment. And she's like, what the heck is going on? And so um, basically this first issue is um, Jane discovering that uh, there, that Thor, that Thor actually now is the Allfather, and he has just disappeared, and Mjolnir in some way, shape, or form made his uh, its way to Jane. And so Jane now is basically... Uh, left with kind of a choice. What is she going to do? Is she going to pick up uh, Mjolnir again and become Thor? Um, because if, if you read the first um, storyline or the original one, she was Thor for a while. She was battling cancer at the same time. And becoming Thor really wreaked a lot of um, havoc on her body. And so every time she became her human self again, she was uh, even more sick than when she started. So, um, but... She needs to make this decision quickly because word is spreading fast uh, on the the chisme line for the villains uh, in um, uh, up uh, in uh, where are they from? Up up in Asgard. Asgard. There we go. I'm like where are they from? <laughs> um, and so all of the all of the. Uh, Villains are rising up to try to take over Asgard because word has spread that the Allfather is missing. So uh, she is basically hemming and hawing when all of a sudden uh, this voice comes to her from Mjolnir and uh, is basically chastising her. Is like, why are you just sitting there? You need to get your ass moving. Basically, like, you gotta go save Thor. And she's like what the heck? Who is this speaking? And guess whose voice is talking to her from, from Mjolnir? The actual original uh, Allfather, Odin, who did not at wow. all support her becoming oh. uh, Thor to begin with and was actually physically, they fought. He physically fought this woman because wow. he was so misogynistic and sexist that he did not think a woman was worthy of wielding Mjolnir. So that's a pretty interesting twist. Um, and also, Jane, uh, if you've been following her character, is a Valkyrie now. And so she already, in her, within her own right, has powers and and uh, is a, a pretty um, amazing powerful person uh, in and of herself and so she's like do I become Thor do I fight as Valkyrie what do I do and Odin's like whatever you do just freaking do it so that was the first issue of Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor and um, it's written by a newcomer to me I don't know if she's written anything else but her name is Torin Gronbeck um, and so it is a it is a woman writer and I'm really interested to see where that goes because I don't think there's been a woman writing Jane um, ever Maybe in the Valkyrie one, but Whoa. I can't remember who writes That's that one. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I can't remember either. I'm going to check right now, but go ahead. <laughs> well, that sounds super cool. <laughs> that sounds super cool. So, I don't read any Thor, but d did Mjolnir always speak, or was this the first instance no. No. of Mjolnir No, this is the speaking? first time. Yeah. 
This is oh, the first cool. time. So um, I have uh, that. I thought that was actually pretty interesting. So um, and especially it being someone who was in no way, shape or form um, in support of her becoming Thor to begin with. No, it looks like Aaron, Jason Aaron also mm. wrote Valkyrie. So Cool. Well, that sounds like amazing on my radar. All right, guys, what time is it? I've been waiting for this for some time now. I actually just As looked always. over. I just looked over to the can and it the way that the can is sweating and like the condensation is running down the can over oh, here. Yeah. It just looks so inviting. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so anyway, today we are going to be reviewing Blood Orange Wit. And I'm super excited about this when I got it, when Sarah brought it to me. I was like, oh, I want to do this one because I am a big fan of Whit Beer. And I am uh, a big fan of Blood Orange. Uh, and this comes to us from Refuge Brewery in Temecula, which is not very far from us here in Los Angeles, um, but far enough to where I rarely go. Um, and Temecula is, known, <laughs> Temecula is known for their wineries, so I had no idea that there were even breweries over there. So, um, And it's really cool. It says right on the can that it's been, uh, that this beer was made with local fruit from the Temecula Valley. And it is a 5.0 wow. ABV, and it's a Belgian-style wit ale brewed with oranges and coriander. Yeah. And the reason I got this can is because the can art looks really amazing. So yes, it does. Uh, you, if you guys out there uh, in brewery land or breweries or whatever, a lot of the times um, I pick up certain cans is because of the can art, mm -hmm. and specifically this one is a golden can. So that and then um, there's kind of like these like magenta red kind of sunset colors um, that represent like the orange. Um, and there's like orange uh, fruit on on the tree, which is a magenta color. So it almost looks like a sunset. But blood orange wit is in like beautifully font uh, gold letters. And I was like, oh, this can is beautiful. I'm taking this beer. <laughs> and just because it's a wit, it's not something I usually pick up. You know, I'm more of like the double IPAs kind Look of. Look Ooh, it's so pretty. Mm -hmm. It has like a a reddish hue to it she just poured it in yeah. a cat in a in a glass yeah so um so yeah so it, i i was pretty pretty impressed it Ooh. looks like this beer Ooh, it, won the american beer festival gold award in 2017 in the belgian style fruit beer category so that's cool so that means that this yeah, beer has been yeah. around since at least 2017 wow. and also that it's still around now, which means that you listeners have a very good chance <clears throat> of actually tracking it down, not like all those beers that we usually try that's just like, oh, uh, it was a beer share. We're never going to see this again. <laughs> uh, not even us. Uh, it's gone. We drank it all, and, and uh, it's good, but oh well. But so And this, you can't have any. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing, but you can't have any. Um, but this one looks like it's something that we um, might be able to track down again. Yes, this particular can I got at Bevmo. Oh, see, there you go. And I opened it, and then just this, that aromatic 
scent that came out was so strong and I'm even just sitting probably about a foot away from it as it's sitting on on my table and I can just smell it so strongly. It smells so good. Very citrusy. Yeah, it's really refreshing. I can smell the blood orange very clearly. Yeah, it's really refreshing, actually. It's a very light. Of course, we know that Belgians are kind of light. They're not heavy. They don't sit heavy on the stomach. Um, and it's it's very refreshing. And it has, like, really wonderful hints of blood orange. I could definitely taste the coriander. but um, And I'm not a fan of coriander. But it actually works well in this instance because of the orange. It kind of spikes up a little bit of the uh, tartiness. Um, so I'm really enjoying this. What about you guys? I can honestly taste um, the or blood orange and the coriander, but uh, there is a very strong flavor of the blood orange rind to me. And I don't know how they make it. Do they put the whole right. orange in there? They just put the pulp in there? I don't know, but I taste the rind very, very strongly. Um, and a lot of times I don't like that, but it actually works here. Yeah, I think they I think this uh Amber Festival award is well deserved. Yeah, it's it's really really good. I like it a lot. How about you, Jen? I'm really enjoying it. It's really really re honestly, it's really hot and it's humid. So this thing like it's cold uh and it's fruity um uh, but not in that like in that beer fruity. Like you said, you can very taste very clearly taste the grapefruit. And I, I guess the coriander. If that, if the funny, it's not funny. We've we've had a couple of beers now with coriander in them. Yeah, yeah which yeah. I think is kind of funny. Um, uh, so I'm getting I'm getting used to the flavor, and I don't mind it. I it's I'm kind of liking it. So it's it's good. It's super refreshing, and I can see why it won an won an award. This is a beer that I can like knock back three out without like thinking about it because <laughs> mm -hmm. it's just like it's it's like it's like like have you ever tasted like really good water <laughs> like like kind of like it's kind of like that but like more flavor like and i'm i mean this in like a nice way like i would like i could drink this like if it was water instead Mm -hmm. I mean, compared to really? IPAs, it's definitely lighter. It's definitely not mm -hmm. as heavy and thick on your palate. Um, but it's a whipped beer, which is what you expect for a whipped beer, which is um, definitely more of like a wheat um, and uh, Belgian style. Uh, the, actually, the Belgian flavor, taste, profile that I usually get in a Belgian beer, I do not get here. I get more of a wheat, wit beer type flavor so that's interesting to me mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. but i um mm. i really like it a lot it's definitely a good summer beer and i would definitely oh, yeah. i would definitely be interested in trying to make this into a shandy and see how Ooh, it tastes shandy yeah oh, <laughs> yes i have lemonade in the fridge right now oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's a great idea. Totally. Uh, during the summertime, loving to try different beers with lemonade and see what works. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I drink it nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Now, this is a very attractive beer. 
um, from the can art to the flavor profiles. And I citrus is one of my favorite fruits, uh, specifically oranges. And, you know, uh, so I'm really, really, really liked it. Are we ready to actually uh, rate it? Yes. So yeah. um, on a on a rating scale of one to fly, one to five, one to five. <laughs> um, yeah, one to five. <laughs> uh, uh, with uh, five being the best, but if we want to go off the scale, six being a super saiyan, um, I definitely think I would give it a four. Um, a four out of five. Um, I really liked it a lot, but that rind taste some is a little bit. I mean, I like it, but that rind taste kind of stayed on my tongue a little bit, and so I don't know uh, if I like that part of it. But um, very refreshing. Like I said, I love blood orange. I love whipped beer, uh, and it's summertime, and it's perfect for a nice, hot, humid day. Yes, you, this is Sarah, and I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5 because I find this super refreshing. I'm in the podcast room, so it's hot in here, like hot. Mm. Um, I just took a shower, and like I already feel the beads of sweat, you know, like not, but I feel like the beer yeah. is really, what is it called? It's really refreshing, so it's really doing its job. I really uh, love the can art, the whole presentation. I'm going to give it a 5. This is Jen, and I'm also going to give it a five. Um, mostly because I, I mostly taste more blood orange than the rind. And that's... And mm -hmm. Honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of blood orange. So the fact that I'm enjoying this so much, I think that immediately shoots it up to a five for me. Because also I would have said four. But I think right now, like the fact that I'm really enjoying something that is blood orange, that's kind of unexpected uh, for me. So, five. Nice. Five out of five. Excellent. I love this rating, and I loved enjoying this beer with you guys. So that has been our beer review. All right, guys. Now it's time for our book review. And what are we reviewing today? What are we reviewing? Try, I was trying to find it before so. you got to that part. <laughs> 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 well, we are reviewing Ripple Effects number one that was uh, given to us by Fanbase Press. And yes. let's see right here. <coughs> it is... The cool thing is gonna, uh, this first issue is going to be available um, uh, on Hoopla Digital on June 15th. So in a few days. June so, 15th. Yes. Yeah. All right, and chapter one is called Invulnerably Vulnerable. It is uh, created, written, and colored by Jordan Hart. Uh, the artist is Bruno Chirillo. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's better uh, than what I would have done, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the letter is Oceano Ransford. Uh, and we have a couple of other names. Shane Kadlechik. Uh, is the color flatter Perry Perry literal is the consultant and Justin C harder is the cover artist this one is interesting I don't think I've ever really seen a like a tribute to a consultant before in a comic book like could it be because uh, the main character does suffer from a chronic illness the consulting be. would be mm -hmm. from the medical side medical yeah. standpoint yeah 
Um, anyway, um, the, the basically the synopsis is in a world that that uh, in a world that is no stranger to superheroes, George Gibson is invulnerable to physical harm but fights every day to stay alive. Suffering from an acute case of type one diabetes, his invincibility is offset by a defective pancreas that must be monitored and treated daily. This incurable disease makes George's body both his greatest strength and his eternal weakness. Um, so uh, I think it's going to be like a a, a small. Uh, I think it's gonna be. I, I think it's gonna. Oh, it's a one out of five uh, for this story arc and storyline. So we just read the first issue. Uh, like we said, Fanbase Press uh, gave us the digital copy of the first issue, and uh, we decided to review it. And basically, yes, the, there's this uh, Mr. Gibson who is both invulnerable, but at the same time, whenever he uses his powers. Uh, he starts to get his diabetes type 1 symptoms, which could be um, vertigo, um, it could be weakness, um, even hallucinations. So um, so basically, he, have to, he has to offset both of these things. Plus, given the fact that we learned that he just graduated college, and he's trying to be a writer, he's trying to write a the uh, man. the best I know right <laughs> uh, the best American novel man. out there. <laughs> the, the thing I loved about this story unfolding is that he's living in a like a mobile home, but it's parked outside his parents' house. But his parents <laughs> have been so supportive, like super supportive. They're like, you have it was one annoying more year. How supportive they were actually, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I get that. I get that. But I thought it was super cute how his dad was super positive. Um, he's acquired some medical bills as they're talking about, um, and he still has one year on their insurance. Um, he, they told him, you know what, take that year and just write your novel. But he's experiencing horrific writer's block. Um, and so he takes on a job delivering food, I guess sort of like uh, Uber Eats. Um, mm -hmm. and so within that, he's like, you know, I, I gotta live a life so I can write about a life. So, uh, e even though his dad's like, just go in the backyard and just write your heart away. He can't, he can't put himself in that like creative space because he's not really living a life, which is one of the reasons he, um, took on this job at, like at Uber Eats. It's not Uber Eats, but it's a food delivery. And so while he's delivering It's food, like Uber Eats. It's like Uber <laughs> Eats. So uh, we see him, you know, delivering all over. And this takes place in California, which I love. I love seeing uh, our city, L.A., like highlighted in a comic book because we often always see New York. So I'm very happy about this. Um, we notice that he's kind of complaining that... <laughs> So he's such a good student. He got really great grades, but here he is delivering food for a living. And he was kind of t talking to himself and saying, you know, um, so far nothing interesting has happened. And all of a sudden he stumbles on to a robbery and it's superhumans that are robbing the place. And so he's more concerned with not anybody finding out that he's, he's, uh, invulnerable. Uh, physically and so m most of the time like he's just hiding from these things and 
being presented with this robbery has put him in the sights of people that he that he didn't he didn't want anyone to know about his about his powers uh he constantly pan- panics that somebody will take out a phone and start recording him or stuff like that like he really wants to go under the radar but it's kind of difficult when he runs into the situation and he gets blasted across the street but then we ha- we come across another um, superhero her name is uh, uh is salvadora mm-hmm. was that her name yeah salvadora yeah, her, her and she name. Her character name is Salvadora, and, and um, basically the ro- the people that are robbing this place are basically, I think, her brother, yeah. who also has superpowers. And so they get into kind of like a family squabble that, you know, you're trying to, like, understand. And, you know, he kind of spats at her and says, yeah, you call yourself La Salvadora. She goes, you know what? That wasn't a name I gave myself. You know that. Um, Salvadora basically means savior in in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that they're Latinos, and she's Latina. Um, anyway, she discovers uh, Mr. Gibson has, you know, powers, and so she's trying to convince him to use them for good. But when he's do when she's doing that, he to- because he uses powers, he basically gets like a- an attack. Um, on his health and so like uh, we're faced to see like how she can actually save him or help him uh, with his attack his um i wouldn't i don't know what would you call it a diabetic diabetic shock yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so basically that's our first issue what did you guys think so this is i felt seen (laughs) (laughs) um i felt it was super interesting to take a character who is a super not i mean i we wouldn't i wouldn't really categorize him as a superhero obviously there's potential there for him to become one but he's just someone who randomly got these powers and the powers happen to be invincibility um but only from things from the outside because his body is basically killing him every single day. He has to go and get treatment every single day in order to survive or he will die. And mm-hmm. the the thing that is uh, one of the things that makes this super difficult is that um, – Diabetes is a chronic disease that is uh, treated by penetrating the skin. And if he is uh, invincible, impenetrable, uh, that makes it very difficult. So we find out in this first issue that he's the only one who can penetrate his own skin. And that makes it super uh, hard to help him uh, in one of the situations that we find Um uh, in this in this issue, but um, I've never seen that take on a superhero story before, um, and I thought that that was super interesting. Um, where, uh, like he's somebody seemingly can't die, but they're dying literally every day. Like mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. without help, they would die. So um, I found that interesting, and actually, as I'm thinking about it, no, I have seen it before. Like, we were just talking about earlier, Jane Foster's store has cancer. (laughs) Right, I know. I meant to tie that in, yeah. 
Yeah, so when she's Thor, she's fine. But when she goes back to Jane Foster, she has cancer worse than before. But anyway, I did, I found that's one of the reasons why I really like Jane Foster. Because it's a really interesting take of a superhero still having to deal with these so superhuman qualities of being sick. And um, Mm -hmm. I read an article that interviewed Jordan, the writer here, and... um, was interesting to learn that he actually suffers from uh, chronic illness and um, I think it was thrombolia or something like that Um, and um, when they asked him why he didn't write about that he actually talked about how uh, he did uh, thrombophilia there we go he did originally it's an incurable blood clotting disease Yes. I thought we should mention that. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 And he has to get treatment daily as well. And so, mm-hmm. um, and take really close uh, monitoring of his levels every day. And um, I thought that was interesting that he said that was where the character started, but as he was writing it, he couldn't get through telling the story because of how personal it became to him. It started to become so overwhelmingly personal that he couldn't get through the story. So he changed it to diabetes. Um, He has a friend who um, has uh, type 1, and so he had a little bit uh, of information about that and could also see how his friend was dealing with that as well but give him, gave him enough perspective away from it to be able to write it um, easier than mm-hmm. what he, he had so I thought that was super interesting and uh, the fact that there are so many people in uh, the United States who do suffer from chronic illness and definitely diabetes is a big one so um, I thought that that was a, a really interesting take on the um, on the superhero genre uh, and uh, as we're reading I was like oh I didn't even realize that we were going to come across Latino characters so without <laughs> even trying um, we mm-hmm. have uh, Salvadora, which she actually tells her tells uh, George what his her real name is at the end. I can't remember. And her, her name is her Kristen. Chris, oh, that's right, Kristen. <laughs> and her brother and her brother Juan. So you know See, that Jordan. Juan, yeah. uh, Jordan is actually uh, he was a um, uh, customer at Heidi Ho, and he came in. Many, many times before I even realized that he was a creator or where we start talking or whatever. Um, so, Jen, if you actually look up a picture of him on the Internet, you might recognize him. But um, so Jordan, Jordan, we had yes. quite a couple of Jordans. Well, he's Jordan Hart, um, but he I don't Jordan think he was Hart. ever on the pool. He just he just used to come in a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, okay for sure so uh, maybe i will (laughs) but yeah so anyway um so it's real that's really cool to see that he uh has written something that fanbase press is putting out and uh is going to be coming out digitally on comiXology and hoopla and for those of you who don't know or remember hoopla is the digital comic service that you can get at your local library and um then will be actually put together as a trade uh, in printed form once everything has been released. So, um, so anyway, yeah, that's. I, I really enjoyed the first issue and am interested to see where it goes. Definitely. How about you, Jen? 
Yeah, and I don't know if you guys noticed at the end of the first issue, there was like an essay by Dr. Teresa Rojas, uh, yes. uh, who is a founding director of the Latinx, Co Latinx Comics Art Festival and a founding board member of Graphic Medicine International Collective. So yes. um, she recounts her own diagnosis with type 2 diabetes and um, even a bit about her how her family dealt with it in secrecy um so there's that like you can learn more about how people have handled the diagnosis of of a chronic illness but um yes jen you go ahead i'm sorry i just cut you off right there <laughs> no it's perfectly cool so type 1 diabetes isn't something that we like we hear a lot about type 2 diabetes mm -hmm. type 1 diabetes is um uh, it's different yeah. Um. Uh, I think this is this is like you're born, like you're either born with it or like you. It's like early onset in childhood and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So this is like a lifelong, a lifelong um, um chronic illness. Um. So it was. It's always interesting to see like that kind of representation. Um. Uh, but above all else. I really, really did like the main character, mostly because I related to him a lot. Yeah, like, writing, writer's block, trying to get away from, like, not trying to get away from family, but, like, trying to become independent uh, and, like, self-sufficient. I really, really related to a lot of that stuff. Um, and, like, it, it is a trope that, like, um, uh, like, your protagonist is like he's like super op like they have like a super op power but then they have something else that like mm -hmm. kind of like either like humanizes or kind of makes them depowered and stuff like that but it's i don't think it's a very often used one so it's a very interesting to see it used and i'm liking where this is going i think they made their main uh their protagonist really like i don't relatable to me <laughs> so that's why I I really I really really enjoyed it and the artwork is really yes. good. Yes. Oh my gosh, the lettering yeah. is I I saw the font or the I don't know if it's hand lettered or whatever but it was super mm -hmm. cool like really fresh. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Letters it is, never and it's get really their due. Bright. Yeah, letters never get their due. Um uh, <laughs> but it's like it's it's very bright. It's very, like, considering, like, some of the, like, the content and some of, like, the seriousness of it, it's a very bright comic. And one, like, honestly, like, fan base press, like, knows their stuff. Every, like, like, they deserve every nomination and every reward that they get because they, like, really, really know how to, like, find a story that is worth telling. Uh, and I think this is once again them like being like, no, uh, no, no misses, only hits. <laughs> so, uh, like the idea in and of itself is really, really unique, um, um, or like a really unique take on that kind of trope, uh, and. I didn't like I I I really uh, I really did enjoy it. It was it was very interesting. I think you guys already covered a lot of what uh, like was in it and like what are the good stuff. But I think I think it's something to keep your eye on. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if it was something that once again gets nominated for something. Because, mm-hmm. uh, and not only that, like we should we should know that fan base knows what our brand is, uh, and like they are like, yeah, this has Latino characters, or it's like about <laughs> women. Like honestly, like, but like fan fan base knows us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I um, uh, they sent us the information and like a little like test snippet of the comic. Um, and I was just so like excited for this, you know, and then I found mm-hmm. out it wasn't going to be released until like June 2022. And this was months ago. And I was like, oh, man, I thought it I thought it was around the corner. I think they sent us information like a year before it was going to set to release. And I, I, I got so excited about it. And then I realized, oh, it's not going to be released for another year. Okay, time to cool the jets. Well, this is us hyping them up. Yes, yes. <laughs> so now that it's here, I'm really, I really loved it. I, um, it's only the first issue that we are reviewing, but it's already doing a lot. Like it, I already feel like um, there's going to be like a, a bigger story coming up from this first issue. Uh, we know that uh, Salvadora has sent him a costume, whether he decides to pursue maybe a superhero lifestyle and also she made it a point to let him know that there's going to be compartments in his uh, outfit that could that could uh, hold a small pen like uh, um, tool and as you guys know there are epi pens now where like uh, before when you had insulin you had to store it in the refrigerator and um so it won't wouldn't spoil but now with EpiPens, this type of insulin that is already loaded on the pen um can have a outside life of a month so i mean science is trying to come up with new stuff and basically you know when he goes into one of his attacks he definitely has to inject himself and he's the only one uh, that can do it because of his impenetrable skin so um I'm really I'm excited for the story and seeing how it unfolds. So are we ready to actually rate it? Well, I just wanted to share yeah. really quickly from oh. the an interview that Jordan had about um, when he was asked what were the most important things that he wanted readers to take away from the series. He basically said that um, for readers in good health, he'd really like them to see what it's like to live with an incurable disease, an invisible illness. Um, how someone could just look healthy on the outside but be struggling on the inside. And then for uh, more importantly for readers with chronic disease to just um, help them to remember that they're not defined by their illness. It's part of what makes them who they are, but it's not all that they are. So I thought that was really cool, especially coming for someone now that we know is also suffering from a chronic illness. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean... Um... Definitely, we all need to be seen, and like Jen was seen as part of uh, of George's being, you know, a writer and you know stuff like that. Um, it's really rare to see uh, illness uh, being portrayed in a comic book. Um, it just so happens that you read the Jane Foster run where she was battling cancer. But it's very rare that we see anything like chronic illness or anything related to characters um, on the comic book page. So um, this is definitely something different for me. Like, I haven't read that before. So are we ready to rate it? Yeah. 
Yeah. You go ahead, Jen. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I want to give it three, but we have not hit the climax of the story, so I'm gonna give it two conchas. Um, because uh, I really, I really did enjoy it. Uh, and I like the art. I like where it's going. Um, but. Uh, I'm going to give it a two because we don't know what's going to happen yet. Uh, so I hate to like be full bored on it yet, but it's definitely like you're still getting two. Like you're doing good. Like <laughs> two out of three uh, this is bad. promising, very <laughs> promising. <laughs> yeah, two out of three ain't bad. So two conchas for me. What about you, Kristen? Uh, okay, so this is Kristen. Yes, and uh, I also am going to give it two conchas. Um, I am really interested to know where it's going to go. I'm really um, excited that we have some Latino characters um, that uh, are basically um, put in the forefront of this first issue for us. Uh, and definitely the way that issue one ends, we see that Salvadora Kristen is going to be um, part of the <laughs> ongoing storyline because she's trying to recruit George into uh, becoming a superhero with her. And so, uh, and then of course we have the conflict of her brother basically becoming a villain. So I um, definitely am excited to see where it's going to go. I'm super, super on board for the way that they're dealing with the issue of chronic illness and uh, him uh, having to deal with it and also be a superhero at the same time. In addition, poor George to having writer's block and not being able to really follow his dream like he has a, I can understand why he's like I have a lot of crap going on in my life like I can't be a superhero like I'm trying to write the next greatest American novel I'm trying to deliver food and here I am also trying to just stay alive don't bug me with your extra shit <laughs> so, yeah, I, I feel that so relatable hard. content. Yeah, so um, anyway, I look forward to seeing it and uh, seeing where it goes, and to definitely checking out that uh, that trade once it's collected. Oh yeah, most definitely. I really, really enjoyed the story. I, man, I enjoyed the story. I even enjoyed the lettering. I mean, that's just attention to detail. <laughs> that kind of detail. Um, and I just looked it up. The letter has been Eisner nominated. For his lettering so obviously oh, wow. i was like you know i see you you have talent it's amazing like at the very start i was just like totally in love with the lettering the art was really good i liked all the characters um i can't wait to see the family squabbles between uh juan and Kristen, and um definitely loving this whole like story directed at chronic illness um being one of the major characters in the story um so i i'm gonna give it tres conchas and you know Kristen is not a very um like usual latina name so i'm just gonna go ahead and put it out there that i am uh the <laughs> <laughs> I have the motivation for Jordan to have named his Latina superhero Kristen because he saw me at the comic book store. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I read that and I, when I read the name, I smiled. Um, and th just that whole dialogue, uh, uh, them on Catalina Island, 
and mm. he's like oh no don't tell me your name like you've already kidnapped me uh we're yeah. in a secluded area and now you tell me your real name i don't feel good about this and that, <laughs> that, that was just a really great like scene right there uh but yeah anyway that has been our book review all right guys now it's time for en la libreria jen what do you have for us today so today I have for you something called Debut, an anthology of rising comic artists. Uh, and uh, the little brief tagline they have underneath is, This anthology has over 190 pages of comics made from a unique collection of six full-length stories from up-and-coming comic creators. So it's, it's a pretty big project. And it has uh, like samples of all the stories that they have, and these are like like six uh, kind of. I think it's 190 pages, so they're gonna be like short. It's an anthology series, but the artwork looks really like really unique and really like um. Uh, you can see the creators like style and what it is that they're going for, and kind of like. Uh, what it like what their what genre it is that they're trying to break in so I think it's interesting just because it is from people that we don't know and it's a it's a pretty like ambitious thing um, so this is it currently has a goal of $2,463 it's currently at 1973 with 46 backers and 11 days to go I'm all for supporting uh, up-and-coming artists this one it's uh, like the person who's uh, or like the company yeah they're called uh, clan comics Ignore that name. It's UK based. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's the UK. They don't know the implications of that. So um, uh, the person they're from Glasgow, uh, UK, uh, and the six creators. They're not all from the UK. Some of them are from the US. Uh, let me pull up the creator. Uh, one of them is Wasim, who's a US. Uh, so sorry, a UK based artist, writer, and filmmaker. Infernal Robin, who is a self-taught artist and storyteller currently based in Washington, uh, in the U in the U.S. Uh, Sarah Allen, who is, uh, I hear they say, an ambitious comic artist eager to create worlds that live rent-free in her mind. Uh, Patty Tomlinson, who is uh, Scottish. Uh, Vivi, who is a graphic de designer and also a self-taught artist. Uh, Vancitia or Vanessa Citadino, uh, who is the creator of the web comics Drivelish Dribbles and co-creator of Coin Operated Clone. Uh, the base pledge starts at uh, ten pounds, which is about thirteen dollars, and you get the digital PDF of the anthology series. At fifteen pounds, which is about nineteen dollars, you get the paperback of the anthology. And then at 18 pounds, which is about $23, you get the paperback and the digital copies. And then it keeps on going with there with some tiers having prints. Uh, and uh, there is a hardcover option, which is 45 pounds, which is about uh, $56. Uh, so they have their stretch goals. They have 
uh, a price distribu distribution and like where all the money is going to be going to. It's actually like I have seen Kickstarters that ask for more um, uh, for a campaign. So this is actually like it's a pretty uh, humble goal that they are very, very close to uh, hitting. So I would suggest checking it out. It's debut an anthology of rising comic artists on Kickstarter. That sounds super cool. All right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? Well, today I have for you all a super cool um, art museum that is opening on June 18th. It is going to be uh, joining uh, the Chich Marin Center for Chicano Art and Culture is going to be joining the Riverside Art Museum. Uh, and it is a public slash private partnership between the Riverside Art Museum, the city of Riverside, and the comedian Chich Marin, one of the world's foremost collectors of Chicano art, which I did not know. That's pretty interesting. Uh, wow. The new, wow. Museum, the new museum is just going by the Chich. So the Cheech will be the center of Chicano art, not only for painting, but also for sculpture, photography, and video arts. It's a 61,420 wow. square foot center that will house hundreds of paintings, drawings, photographs, and sculptures by artists including Patsy Valdez, Sandy Rodriguez, Carlos Almaraz, Frank Romero, Judith Hernandez, and Gilbert Lujan. Um, a significant portion of the collection will always be exhibited and continue to be toured at venues across the nation and throughout the world. Um, and the cool thing about us talking about that today, today we're recording on June 12th, June 18th is their grand opening. So that is next weekend. You can go celebrate with them as they open their doors for the long-awaited Chichmarin Center for Chicano Art and Culture. Um, there's going to be vendors, food, live music. It's going to be uh, mm. an event for the whole family to enjoy, and it is completely free. Admission into the Chich oh, on opening wow. day. Wow. <clears throat> um, oh, here's some sadness, though. Uh, admission into the Cheech on opening day is sold out and limited to take take a hold only oh. womp womp I didn't read that part first but um, you can purchase advanced tickets for going to see it uh, after opening day so you can go to riversideartmuseum.org uh, and get tickets for um, going to see them after the 18th but Kind of sucks because that uh, that art festival uh, for opening day sounded really cool. So, um, the Cheech Grand Opening Celebration, June 18th. And then, uh, moving forward, you can go to RiversideArtMuseum.org to, uh, to enter and enjoy the Chicano art. Wow. Yeah, reason to go to Riverside. I know. <laughs> Which, <laughs> unless, like, seriously, like... <laughs> Sorry, Riverside, but you don't really have anything interesting. But this, this is interesting now. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That and also that uh, art, um, uh, w not an art collective. Uh, I think just a, um, the one that uh, Nathaniel Osoyo's uh, friend has the uh, gallery. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, other than those two things, I don't see why I would go to Riverside. <laughs> Road trip, guys. 
<laughs> Road trip. <laughs> All right, guys, that brings us to saludos. And saludos goes out today. today to Gerardo Lopez. Thank you so much for interacting with us on social media. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Thank you for contributing to our show. Um, it's always a pleasure. You always have some great, great uh, chisme or just uh, on your radar. And thank you so much for interacting with us. We really appreciate that and your support of our podcast. Sir, saludos goes out again to Gerardo Lopez. Muchísimas gracias. Yeah, thanks, G. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Where can they find us? You can find us at commodicycomics.com. That's right, at our very own website where you can find links to all of our social media on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you can also find our email address, which is... <laughs> commodicycomics at gmail.com. Yes. All one word. <laughs> yep. We also we have not recorded a Las Platicas, but be sure to check out all the amazing interviews we've done with comic creatives uh, in the past on our YouTube, Comadres y Comics, um, on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe. And you can also watch on TikTok where um, I will share on my radars that are not necessarily the ones that I've shared here on the um, on the actual podcast. Uh, every Tuesday, I uh, look to see if there are any books out by Latino creators uh, and share them for you on our TikTok. Yes, definitely. You can always check out the beers that I've been drinking all around everywhere uh, on our Instagram. <laughs> so, yes, that's where you can find us. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We have in your host, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. And that's on period. Network. <laughs>